I am Margie, and this is Shining Bright, where we share the stories of everyday women who are doing amazing things. And speaking of amazing things, I've got Jenny Smith here with me on my deck. <laughs> Greatest place to be in the state of Iowa right yes, now. Yes, yes. And just to tell you a little bit about what we're going to talk about, um, we started off with a Bloody Mary. Uh, air we're going to do an air cheers. Yeah, we're, we're staying distance from each other. And um, I won't drink, so you don't have to listen to me on camera or on uh, the sound. But anyway, um, it's a little hint of what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Tomatoes. Yes. I guess you being here is a hint of what we're going to talk about, too. <laughs> it's kind of like an imagery that just keeps following me sometimes yeah. a little bit. But it's also the time of year because this is early spring. We're getting ready in the state of Iowa to come approach the last frost-free date. Okay. So that means it's exciting because then you can kind of put some crops out in the garden that are more cold sensitive. Yep. You know, right now in the garden, you can easily have things like radishes and spinach, all of the things that we enjoy in colder climates kind of putting out first. Right. So we are going to prep today to talk about some things such as tomatoes, of course, one of my favorites. Yes. And how we can start them right now so that we can enjoy the bountiful fruit because as I've always shared with you, it's a fruit not a vegetable. It is a fruit. Yep. It's a fruit, not a vegetable. Yep. And then, um, and how we can hopefully then enjoy Bloody Mary's on this deck again yeah. in a couple months. Maybe it'll be warmer out too, because <laughs> we're like bundled up out here right now. But, That's right. But yeah, I mean, I, I have to tell you that, that this episode started with a Bloody Mary story. Erin, who's not here, yep. um, social distancing yep. is, um, she was like, they grow their own tomatoes and she had all these questions and she was like, I need, I need Jenny. I need to know from Jenny. And I really like, she's like, my goal is to make my own Bloody Mary mix by the end of this summer. Ooh, so yes. I hope she does. And what a great use for when you have what we call maybe sometimes a surplus. <laughs> maybe yes. you got a bit over ambitious planting right. and uh, you have a surplus of tomatoes and you don't want them to go to waste. Bloody Mary uh, canning or mixing is a great use for that. And the ugly ones could go in there too, right? Like I learned that from you when we came in and visited you for your episode. Like mm -hmm. if they are split or there's something with them, you can still use those for you know, things I that... even go for the ones that have the wormhole. I'm not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> protein. Added <laughs> protein. Well, and the other reason and I need your help uh -huh. is because I've been growing this <laughs> and it, I, it says it's a tomato plant and I know that it is it says it's an heirloom cherry tomato plant okay and I I have been growing it mm -hmm. in my little arrow garden which is a little um hydroponic Yes. tiny garden in my kitchen and I've had it for like two years and it grows things like dill and cilantro, great basil. Yep. But I was like, oh, I'm going to get a tomato plant and put it in there because I don't like tomatoes. But last year I started, this is all because of you. <laughs> I started trying cherry tomatoes. And if, if I put them in like, uh, with like balsamic and I squeeze uh -huh. all the seeds out and yes. uh, little cubes of mozzarella it's wonderful like I, I like that big cubes yeah <laughs> bigger than the tomatoes preferably <laughs> but so th this is the tomato that I've gotten out of this plant so far where where um oh no it's right there yeah, okay, yeah sorry. I, I, I was, Here, it was um, a bad angle yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic I'm very proud to be honest but so something is amiss I'm not sure if it's the plant or my growing like the soil like it got way too big for the garden inside and I had to move it yes. out here. So this tomato for anybody listening is like the size of what, what is this even the size of? Like, so we call that size. They're actually tomatoes that are supposed to be that 
I shouldn't say supposed to, that can be that <laughs> size too. They're called current tomatoes. So okay. that's a class of tomatoes. So it's even smaller than the cherry or grape tomato class. Yeah. So I would call that maybe, well, in the world of blueberries, it would be a low bush blueberry. Yeah. So that is about, probably about the size of a blueberry. Yeah. This yeah. is currently the size of a blueberry and but it's never going to be bigger. But a mature ish tomato, I would say. Okay. So you said this plant is two years old. No, no. I've had the garden for two years, two years. Okay. but I started this, um, around Christmas or yeah. maybe in January sometime. Yep. Um, and it got big, mm -hmm. but like no, nothing came out of it. So in short, I just wish we had our wonderful extension specialists. I'm glad that they do what they do. So thanks to all of That's them. That's where you go if you need help. Is, is that you what go? you're saying? Like you've Absolutely. got people. You don't have to know all the things. Okay. Yes, they do a wonderful job of extension specialists. And then even on NPR on Fridays, they do um, Iowa State University. Their extension specialists uh, have horticulture hour. And yes. some of the things they answer just amaze me. So a simple thing about tomatoes. We grow them in Iowa just like we would say annuals. Mm -hmm. So they are here to live one lifespan through a season and then they die. Mm -hmm. um, but the interesting thing about a tomato, so if you look at that tomato plant, if you notice it's kind of creeping down. It is. Right? And it so is. we'll show you later on in this episode and talk to you about why it creeps down and what on the main stem of that tomato plant those are small little trichomes that are actually searching for soil. They're searching for roots. Because natively, in much warmer climates, tomatoes can be perennials. Okay. Meaning that they can go reproduce. So essentially, the roots come down, the ripe fruit falls down, and just like Mother Nature intended, that nice little tomato was meant to fall on a piece of soil, degrade, and germinate new seeds. The seeds will be... And have new plants. So that that's its sense. reproductive system. So essentially, you've taken away its reproductive rights, but it's okay because it's terrible. <laughs> Feel bad. That's what we're meant to do. <laughs> so in other words, that plant, you'll need it to go through another reproductive cycle for them to, it to bear fruit again. Okay. So I think you should keep onto it just for a mere friend alone. Okay. Tom Hanks would be proud. Yeah. But in other ways, <laughs> I'm not letting it go. It's been here for a while. <laughs> but in other ways, we'll show you how to do new tomato plants. Okay. Okay. So, um, Let's get started with that. So okay. we're on my deck, which is where yeah. primarily food, food grows in my yard. Yes. Right? Yes. So what, um, I mean, what do you think the best way to start is? You know what I mean? Like what type of containers, what size of containers, yep. what are some good types of tomatoes? Knowing that I myself am new to the tomato liking world. Yes. Smaller is better. You yes. Know, like I don't, I'm not going to eat a big, I'm not just going to like tear into a big, huge juicy red tomato with like nothing else on it. And most, not the most, maybe some. You probably, there's a lot you? of you out there. You know, I'm actually not, you're a, not that, I'm not a big tomato fan. When I started this, tomatoes weren't quite for me. Yeah. But as I kind of learned and developed flavor profiles, I really like tomatoes paired with things. Yeah. And now when I uh, saw the different restaurants and these chefs come up with these exquisite dishes of one time a chef did, um, uh, a difference between like they'd put mint leaves and goat cheese in the caprese. So it wasn't like the classic, uh, basil and tomato flavor and just the way that they presented it was so different. So, so that's my fan. My favorite way to eat a tomato, bacon, mayonnaise, tomato, salt and pepper, all of those things yeah. where my heart kind of says, you just lost 30 seconds <laughs> of your lifespan. But it was worth that's it. That's my favorite. That's yeah. my favorite. So to clarify for all of our listeners, we're going to really discuss today talking about tomatoes for your porch. Yes. Yep. We're not talking about what Jenny does sometimes when we go out and plant these massive rows out in the field because it's very different when you put a tomato in a pot versus uh, the ground. Yeah. And most of us grow in pots because that's where we can find the best environment. Right. 
That's okay. what I can handle. Yes. I cannot handle your your level of tomatoes. Yes. I've yes. seen it. Like I, The whole county would be drunk on Bloody Mary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have so much produce. Everybody would be having a Bloody Mary yeah. every hour. Yeah. <laughs> Nightmare. Yes. And so it's also a great way when you plant in a pot is that you can find the best place for sunlight. So there's a few things most plants need. Obviously, all, all plants need, but tomatoes as well. Tomatoes always do something that we call heavy feeders. Okay. They like food. Okay. So that means that they want fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they need food. They need light and water. And they like. They, they don't need soil. Do they need soil? Actually, I mean, these grow without need, soil. Yeah, they don't need soil. They have to have some sort of substrate. Yeah. For the roots to grow in, so you can do this hydroponically through water and nutrients and things. Right. Um, but. Typically, they do prefer soil, and that's right. what most of us have on hand. Right. So right. we're going to do some potting. So let's talk okay. about the tomatoes that we have. You and okay. I each have our own plants. Yes. Okay, and we thought that we would. We did, we did two types of plants. So there's regular plant. If you go to a garden center, you'll find a plant like this. I'm so glad that you grabbed Bonnie's because Bonnie's is a customer of ours. On oh, the is full-time it? Full-time world, yes. Oh, good. Yes, so oh, Bonnie's, good. yes. They're down in the great city of the USA, which is Union Springs, Alabama. Okay. They have their own world down there, and it's all based upon this family, and they're, they're a wonderful company. So That's Bonnie awesome. plants used to use these types of pots. Okay. So if you ever saw Bonnie plants before, they would always have these types of cow pots, compost pots, uh, cardboard, whatever people identify this color and this look as. Did you know that I went to the cow pots farm? Oh, yes, and she came to one of the farm oh, yeah, events. Yeah. I, that, when I saw that, I was like, is that made out of poop? Yeah, <laughs> she's a, talk about an amazing woman. Right, she was I love really that. Cool. I love that. Story. I was glad to connect. So it's a biodegradable pot. Correct. Yes. And so this brand is actually called Fertile, um, and a friend of mine is the importer into the U.S. And what I like about these pots is number one, they're OMRI certified. So those are my customers that are I really prefer an organic background. Yeah. That's really important to them. But what I like about them is they don't use a glue. They use heat to compress the pot. Mm-hmm. And I notice a lot more. That I can can see the roots can come through the bottom, which is really important because transplants, like other solanaceous crops, they suffer from what we call transplant shock. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you do not take it and flip it out of the pot, shake it up a bit and throw it in something and give it this stress, um, this abiotic stress to kind of go through. Right. Okay. Right. So you've got one that's in a plastic pot. Yep. I I do do. those two. And I've got one in compost. So the only difference between these two plants, I'll put my whole pot in and you're going to take yours out. I'm going to take mine out. We have and two different types of varieties. What's yours say? Mine says it's a super sweet 100. And I had awesome. no idea. I was like, I don't know if Jenny's going to approve. I'm going to pick out one plant. And that's what I picked. <laughs> I'm on Team Margie for the long stretch, okay? <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Yes, those are great tomatoes because they have a tight cluster, a tight habitat, and they are big producers. Okay. And so those will bear a lot of the class we call cherry tomatoes, most people are familiar with, yep. which the two plants that we both chose are cherry tomatoes. And the suggestion, the reason why, is those are really great ones for pots. Okay. A lot of people think that they would really like to have that BLT, big beefsteak slicing tomato. So if you think about the size of the fruit, sometimes uh, the, the plant size coincides with the size of the fruit. Mm-hmm. So those plants can be just as big and they really don't do well in pots. Okay. Unless you have a pot that is really kind of more like a hot tub size. Right. Then I would suggest two <laughs> plants per hot tub. Hey, Tony, should we replace our hot tub with <laughs> tomatoes? <laughs> Why beef not? Beef steak tomatoes. Beef steak tomatoes in the hot tub. Instead of beef steak, Tony. Wait, is that a thing? <laughs> okay. Perfect. So she's got a super sweet 100, which is going to be a red cherry tomato. And then I decided to choose a blueberry or indigo blueberry tomato. So this is an heirloom that is bred from wild boar farms. 
Okay. And I got the seeds through Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds in Mansfield, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, rare, rareseeds.org is where I found the seeds. One thing to note, they were so overwhelmed with this spring, they shut down their entire website. They didn't just stop taking orders. They just had a note on the website. They just said, we just cannot bear any of this right now. And so they shut down. And so in in the world of people who sell plants, they're Mm -hmm. seeing an overwhelming amount of Mm -hmm. home growers. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 Me too. Yes. Exploratory. I I have some, number one, I have some time on my hands. Number two, I'm teaching my children and we need to have science class for the day. Right. Number three, I'm also slightly concerned about the food system. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yeah. All of these are legit things. Yes. All things I've thought about. And then I think with the world of social media, since we can share, I think that it's gotten um, some interest uh, generation going. And so Mm -hmm. so it makes it super exciting, especially for those of us like myself, which is a really small transplant uh, sale person in the spring. Um, to be able to have uh, heirloom tomatoes kind of all throughout the city to people I've never met before. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes. And I hope they keep with it, right? Like, that's the thing after this. Like, they don't know this, but I have their contact information <laughs> You're now. You're going to tell them <laughs> why they should keep with it. Every spring, they're going to hear from Jenny Smith. It's time to get your tomato sale yes. on. Yes. Yes. Okay. I so okay. I think we will be best if we put the pots on the table, okay. do you think? Yep. Okay. Let's clear our space here. And how big of a... I mean, so I've got, I've got different sizes of pots. We've got a few back here. I, yeah, I need a drink of this. I was going to say, is it time, time. For, is it time for a tomato yep, break yet? Yep. All it's right. a time for... Making sure that we're on the right track. I so would while say, I said mm-hmm. I don't like tomatoes, I clearly do <laughs> like tomato products. So something that's really important. So here's a really great... I mean, you picked out some really great pots. So this size pot... Great size, not great, great size. quality. Look at... Like, these are old. We use these. Oh, the like best kind of pot this is one too. that has had a lot of use. Yes. Right? There's a well, lot of stories within these pots. That is good. <laughs> then we have the best kind of pot. So a lot of people ask this question. How many tomatoes can I have per pot? And this is what, do you have a guess of what gallon size this pot is? Like if you had to guess, I'm not good at this. I would say that this has got to be somewhere between like a 10 gallon-ish. Okay. Yep. 10, 15 maybe. Yeah. 50. Yeah. yeah. They're they're big. They're big. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So a lot of times I tell people that if they want to do a small plant and they're just getting started, the minimum size you can start with is a five gallon bucket. Okay. So most people can identify with five gallon size. Okay. Right. So these are nice. These are slightly bigger and these are great. Yep. Um, you get to put, there's a general rule of thumb, one tomato per pot. See, I would have tried to pack like four in here. <laughs> this is definitely not a hanging basket. <laughs> and it might be, it might not be as uh, bearing as we thought. Sometimes if it's too packed, it, it can't get into reproductive stage. Uh, it's not I'm going to end up with more You're pretty green more plants. beautiful green, green tomato plants. Okay. So what's important is always a good rule of thumb, one plant per pot. Okay. Unless you've got something massive or a trough or raised beds naturally, then you can. Okay. Um, in the field, we suggest that I put my tomato plants six feet apart because I have them on a grid system and I need enough airflow mm-hmm. because when you have really dense hundreds of plants, there's not a lot of good air. Yeah. So, but when you're outside on the deck, um, you don't really have to follow that rule so much. Right. One really neat thing you could do. Okay. That I recommend is that once we plant these tomato pots and it gets slightly warmer out, I would take and either sprinkle some basil seeds mm-hmm. or go get some little basil transplants. And put them around there, put around, them the, around edge. the side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen that before. I actually was at a farm where they, um, 
they planted some little flowers. I can't remember what they were. I'll have to go back and look. Mm -hmm. And they were, I mean, they looked like they were just for decoration, but she said the butterflies loved them. And so it, oh. it brings pollinators sure. in. And I was like, oh, I, did tomatoes need pollinators though? I, I don't know. No, tomatoes are open pollinated. Okay. Yes. Unless under a greenhouse condition. So, and outside, um, so these are, so an heirlooms are open pollinated. Okay. So that makes a greater benefit, but it's good to have pollinators around the garden because you've got other things that are going on too. Right, right. Yes. It's never a bad thing to, it, she, it was, I feel like maybe just for prettiness and the yeah. space that was especially when you've got, so you're going to have a big tomato plant that's got a lot of height to it. Mm -hmm. It's nice to kind of have some structure down around the base yeah. too. I'm with, nice. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Yes. Okay. So in the pots we started with, uh -huh. it's always good to put like a little bit of rock gravel, right? Uh -huh. so, At the bottom. Yep. And it can be anything. Like sometimes I kind of go steal from the neighbor's uh, beautiful <laughs> landscape. I just need a cup. Hey, Selena. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't need a cup of sugar. I just need a cup of pea gravel or rocks <laughs> for the bottom of my There pot. probably is rocks in the bottom of these, mm -hmm. honestly. Because yeah, um, who wants to fill this whole thing with soil? No, it's a lot. For yeah. drainage too? Mm -hmm. So okay. it's one important thing. Make sure there's a hole in the bottom. Okay, and then because um, especially with five-gallon buckets, is there a hole in the bottom? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I don't want. I don't want to look at mine just in case. Who knows you know? what's on the bottom? Of it to, too. Oh yeah, there's a hole in the bottom. <laughs> oh, Wonderful. Good. We're safe. We're safe. Okay. And what the rocks do is it just it provides a nice little space for water to drain. Okay. Um, because one difficult thing that will be a constant challenge is when do I water this? How much water does it get? So we'll yeah. talk about that a little bit later once we get these planted okay. uh, for some care tips. But okay, so we're going to take soil. Um, there's plenty of places you can get soil. Um, there's plenty of different varieties. It's almost like a kind of a, um, choosing a tomato plant, you know, if right. you will. Uh, so it just all depends on yours. I like to have a little bit of perlite in mine. So that's going to be this nice little white piece right here. Oh, it looks like styrofoam? Mm -hmm. Kind of looks like styrofoam. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it breaks down. And what it does is it helps with air and it helps with drainage within the soil. Because okay. if this was just soil or say, um, say we dug some soil out of the backyard. Yeah. It would still work. Super thick. But it would, it would compact, yeah. right? The other thing that's really important is we talked about fertilizer and I told you that tomatoes are heavy feeders. Mm -hmm. So when we plant these, we're going to want to um, give them a little bit of food. You can do it during planting. You can do it after. Okay. But at some point in the game. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So we've got these about full. Let's give yours maybe a little bit more. Be careful. There was a toad in there before, but it's, I, it's, it's, it's gone now. I've been told. I'll but, give you $10 to put your head in there. I'm afraid to even stick my hand in there. Just, no, the toad is gone. Is the toad gone? Uh, you would see me have, okay. I mean, yeah, the toad's the gone. The toad's gone. You're of course it's fine. gone. Like it okay. has to go. So, okay, get another, get one. So two. we've got a big thing of uh, miracle Grow potting mm -hmm. mix here, right? Like yep, it's, yep. it's got some good stuff in it. And this, I can tell you, has been around since last year, obviously. That's why the toad was in there. It still works. Okay, get um, one more but it's nice for your and, pot. Yeah, I don't have enough in here. <laughs> <laughs> didn't work. That's I already good. didn't trust That's you. That's good. <laughs> if you look at the, you shouldn't ever, ever. You know me too well. That's not enough, obviously. But you want to fill, yeah. Feeds up to six months. Oh, so we shouldn't use stuff from last year. Uh, no, I think you can reuse things at certain times. Yes, of course. Okay. But I, but I'm but the point being is that this version of the Miracle Grow potting mix oh, does have a fertilizer has food in it, it mm -hmm. that will go up six months. Yes. I gotcha. Yes. Okay. Okay. So our pots are pretty full. Yep. Okay. They are. Yep. And let's talk about one of the most important things. Okay. Okay. So you see your tomato plant, and then look at the main stem. And if you look at it, it has these tiny little hairs on it. I see them. Okay. So those are called trichomes. 
Okay. Okay. So those trichomes fulfill multiple purposes. One of the, one of the major ones is pests and repellents. Um, there's a little pest called mites. Mm -hmm. um, it is uh, in a, of the arachnid family, and they have a difficult time. So that's kind of a natural repellent that this Can't plant get in has there. to kind of keep them. Okay. So the main point when this we're planting them. This one doesn't have as much hair, but it has some hair. Your your plant has a lot more hairs on it. Just like humans, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're all different. <laughs> They're all different. We're all different in so many ways. But you still has them. Yep. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. Okay. And do you notice the main stem of mine's kind of purple too? Mm -hmm. So the genetic of this one, mm -hmm. called the blueberry, it's interesting that the plant kind of has a little bit Takes of this. Takes that color. Mm -hmm. A little bit. So all of those trichomes are going to produce roots. Okay. Okay. Something that we talk about in probably family therapy or anything general consensus is that the stronger the foundation, the better the household, right? <laughs> we all need a strong foundation. So same thing with plants. With plants, the better the root system, the stronger the plant. Uh -huh. So if we have the ability to put more roots in a plant and the structure we want to take advantage of it. Okay. A lot of times people will say, you know, they want to kind of take it and then they put it in and they think they just put just enough soil up to the top. No, we want to bury the plant as far possible as we can while it still can react with photosynthesis. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I've always been on that where I'm like, Oh, I don't want to cover the plant up with soil. Right. Okay. Yeah. So bury it as far as you can, so, but the, let the leaves still poke out. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to make holes kind okay. of in the middle. Kind of just dig through, dig, dig. Who knows what we'll find in here? That's just what makes it even better and interesting, right? You never know. These do sit under my deck I think all I just winter. Found a penny. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Okay. Okay. Now, we always want to take our tag identifiers, pull those out. Yep. I like to keep them, and then I'll stick them in there later, because sometimes I forget what I plan. You know, yeah. I think that those are always nice. Okay. I, I like that, too. So, take your fingers. Mm-hmm. Now, tip it upside down. So, my fingers are, um, uh, like, it's like a peace sign, right? Like and then put sign. the plant in the middle. Yep. Tip the plant upside down. Yep. And give the bottom a nice little... And squeeze on the bottom mm -hmm. to get those, get it out of there. Yep. Okay. All right. I got it. So, you're going to, with grace... You're going to take it and, and flip, flip it. it back over. Excellent, just like that. Got it. Now, if your plant was something that we call root bound, mm -hmm. which it was not, mm -hmm. root bound would mean it's got really tight. You can see all the white roots coming yeah. around. Mm -hmm. Kind of break that up a little bit. And with these pots, I always recommend, I always tear the bottom of the pot oh, open. So they can get out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. And so then putting the pot in. Okay. okay. Now, we have already wet the soil, but when you do plant your tomatoes, what you would do, I will use my Bloody Mary for demonstration, okay. but I most certainly not. would not waste. You would take and take your hole, then add water mm -hmm. to saturate the soil, as our soil is saturated, yep. and then you put the plant in. Mm -hmm. Plants don't need water from the leaves. They need it from That's the bottom. That's the respiratory organs. They need it from the bottom, right? Okay. Okay, and so then we kind of take in, and now is the, I like to think I'm a potter sometimes, mm -hmm. you know? You kind of take and you want to feel the soil and kind of work it a little bit so that moving it's it around. Loose. Yep, moving it around. We aren't like tamping it down. No, we're just because, yep. gently filling it gently in filling around it so that it's got a little bit of structure. I like to leave, similar to planting trees, a little well okay. around. Okay. So, because sometimes if you build more of a volcano, when water comes, it can't get in it's there. It's going to roll down the sides. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so I all like that to build water a little to go bit away. of a well. Now, if these plants, now for this purpose of our wonderful podcast, mm -hmm. I'm going to take it back out. 
Yep. If this plant was much taller, what I would do is these side branches, I would take and I would pinch. You would? You'd yep. just tear them off? Tear, well, that's a good word not to tear, not use. Pinch them off. Pinch them off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here comes Margie, bull in a china shop. The most important thing is you have an open wound now. So sometimes, and especially when you're planting a lot at a time, mm -hmm. if you start tearing too much, you now have open wounds and your plant has more susceptibilities to yep. um, diseases. Okay. So if my plant was much taller, I needed to. The other thing you can do is what people say is trenching them. Okay. Have you ever heard that term, trenching them? No, I have not. Okay. So a trenching them means it's a tall plant mm -hmm. and you're going to lay it on its side. So essentially you're going to take the plant and lay it on its side and gently caress the top up oh. and fill around because the plant is so tall. Okay, so that way it can, I got mm -hmm. you. Okay, mm -hmm. that makes sense. And last thing, since we're not going in chronological order for this. <laughs> it's fine. For this episode. Just keep listening. You never know what nuggets you're going to get. That's right. Absolutely. We want you to actually listen to the whole episode so that you can get the story. Yes. 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 So we do a process called hardening off. And this is important for all of our listeners to know, especially this time of year, if they're up in Iowa or similar climates that are much cooler. Mm -hmm. So we all go to the greenhouse or come to Jenny's tomato plant sale and you get this wonderful transplant. Yep. And you're so excited because the weather is 70 degrees and you want to go plant it. Right. Okay. So number one, tomatoes specifically will not do anything unless the soil is 60 degrees. Okay. Most people don't keep a soil probe. No. If they do, maybe... I don't have one. I don't either. <laughs> I have a meat thermometer. <laughs> Is that the same? I wish it was, but actually I kind of want to try it to find out. Um, so the soil, they won't do anything until the soil is 60 degrees. It's important to kind of monitor that phosphor. So if the people that think I want to get the tomatoes out there early to get the fruit, you're really not doing much for the justification of the plant. But when you go to your garden center, think about where those tomatoes were. They were in, let's call it a nursery. Yep. Okay. So what's important for them, it's like kind of nobody ever wants to let um, toddlers out into the real world to go get jobs. Right. They'd fail miserably. Right. Like yeah. they need that extra time. So what we do is we do this process called hardening off. It yep. takes a couple days, but you need to take your tomato transplants or peppers or eggplants, take them outside in the shade for the first day, bring them back in at night. Second day, a little bit longer, maybe put them out in the sun, bring them back at night. Third day, maybe that's the night that you leave them outside, mm -hmm. pending weather conditions. Yep. But what you're doing is, is you're exposing that transplant to multiple different conditions so that when you go to stick the tomato plant in its final resting home, it can handle it. Can handle it. Yeah. And we're just putting this plant through some, we call it transplant traumatic. shock. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. traumatic. Yes, it's very traumatic for it. They, uh, they really don't like the root systems messed with a whole lot. So that's why it's important to uh, do the hardening off process. And I had a lot of questions about that this weekend because they were so excited. The sun was shining and they were ready to put their plants in the ground. I'm the same way. I'm, I want instant gratification. I'm <laughs> right? going to go get that plant and I'm going to put it in a pot and then, yeah. Well, okay. it sounds like um, next year we should do a whole episode on hardening off. We should. <laughs> I just learned a lesson. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So our plants are in the pots. Yep. Watered from the bottom, not from the top. And now we will hurry up and wait. We're going to want to monitor it. So sometimes I told you they're heavy feeders. So there's lots of different fertilizers that you can use. There's organic, there's yeah. non-organic. There's plenty of different choices that you have as a home gardener. Um, I prefer to use probably some water-soluble ones, or they also make some time-release granules okay. so that you can shake in the pot. Okay. And then when you water, it's this controlled release. That makes it pretty convenient. I think I have both. I mean, I, I think, I mean, yeah. I, I do not have organic ones. I have, I mm -hmm. believe they're both the same yeah. brand as the soil, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Um, and... 
So yeah, I'll, yeah. Miracle Grow makes a specific fertilizer just for tomatoes, for tomatoes. Too, and you can find it really anywhere that you can kind of get at your yeah. local hardware store. But it matters for them to to bear fruit, right? To have that fertilizer. You don't have to. Okay. But the stronger the plant, and the stronger the <laughs> <laughs> fertilizers are so funny these days. <laughs> the stronger the plant, and um, the more food that you can give it, uh, the better. Um, the better build that you're going to have it. Got it. Um, I need a drink. I do too. <laughs> I feel like there's a Saturday Night Live episode coming out of this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what, but it'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> so nonetheless, okay. we'll put these in a sunny spot. You want to put your tomato in the sunniest spot possible. Okay. They really like sun. And in a pot that's this size, say 10 to 15 gallons, mm -hmm. water it how often? That's a good question. Are you going to have it where it can get rain? I am going to have it right here in the corner of yep. my deck so it can get rain, it can yep. get sun. After about, what, 10 o'clock in the morning, it gets sun yep. all the way. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. So that's always the balance that you have then. You know, if it rains for four days in a row, your watering regime will be different than if it doesn't rain for four days in a row. Good point. Here's, how a, good, here's, here's a good check. You know, we really don't need those soil probes anyway. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> When you stick your finger in there, as far as it'll go, and don't be shy, as far, okay. If you can feel moisture, then you're good. I don't feel any moisture, so these need some water. Okay. Do you feel moisture? A little, maybe a little bit. I feel moisture in my pot, but I pre-watered mine before I put the plant in there. Okay. Yeah, yours is more dry than mine. Okay. Yep, okay. yours is more dry than mine, definitely. Okay. So then put some moisture, and remember, yep. Give it a good drink, right? Give it a good drink, and you don't need to water so much. So I think that I should have looked at some of the statistics on pots. Oh, I don't even want to quote it because what if it's wrong? That's okay if it's wrong. I think it's like you need to be able to water it like half a gallon per massive pot per week with no rain. Okay. Something like that. So there's a there's a if you look online, there's a volume of water expected. So when it rains, keep it wet. Keep it keep it wet. Moist. But let it dry out. Yeah, okay. Plants really like to take a drink and then dry out. Mm -hmm. And then take a drink and then dry out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because Good if deal. you keep it too wet, that is just allowing the bottom of the pot to um, have any sort of disease pathogens, just a breeding ground for those. And that's what we don't want. No. And especially difficult since you can't see them. So question, I'm going to fertilize it at the beginning. Do I need to keep fertilizing it? You said there's a shake and feed kind. I mean, I guess maybe mm -hmm. it depends on what kind. Yeah. My soil has some fertilizer in it too. Yeah. Is that something I need to like continue on as it grows? You know, that's a good question. So you will still get plants if you don't fertilize. Okay. Yeah. Bar none. Mm -hmm. for the Except for this. Fairly one. speaking. <laughs> Except for that one. However, look at the fertilizer and look at the label. Always follow the label directions. Those are always great okay. guidelines that we share. I agree with that. Yep, completely. always follow label directions. It's, it's amazing what you will learn if you actually read the label. Absolutely, and the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, would thank us for that. Yes. 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 So if you've got a controlled release fertilizer, you should be pretty good throughout the whole season. Okay. Yep. A lot of things that you'll start seeing, so if you have, if it's a non-controlled release, then I would plant, I would feed it when you plant it, and then I would wait two weeks, and then I would come back and I would feed it again. Okay. Mm -hmm. But gotcha. nothing's something that you really need to be that diligent upon. Um, in the field, what we do is we scrape old cattle lots that we've had that have just been sitting. So these are, have had manure over mm -hmm. the time and course of years, and we take that and spread it over the field. And that is my fertilizer, and mm -hmm. I don't fertilize them any time after that. Yep. So don't overthink it. That's definitely okay. true. Okay. Should we be pessimistic and talk about the uh-ohs or what Yeah, ifs? like what are some of the things that can go wrong? Okay, so a lot of times where you have a tomato plant, 
your tomato plant's going to start growing, go ahead and trim the bottom leaves off. Okay. They're fulfilling no purpose on the plant in terms of its growth habitat. And when you water and soil splashes up on that, uh -huh. clogs, and then it can cause disease. Okay. So there's no need for those. So a lot of times you can trim those bottom plants. Okay. Okay. Um, a lot of times people will ask, do I sucker or prune my tomato plant? Mm -hmm. It's a common question that gets asked. And what that means essentially is this one's just dying and coming back to life every day. <laughs> it's back out. So that means that you have one main stem and then you have these tiny guys that come off the side. Yep. And you would go pinch those. Okay. So what you're trying to do is create a plant that does not produce as much fruit, but the fruit that it does produce be really big okay okay and if you don't if you don't sucker or prune the plants you're going to have lots of laterals and lots of branches and you'll have more fruit but they'll be much smaller okay so if you're looking to enter that tomato into the iowa state fair then you need to be able to sucker <laughs> maybe <laughs> if you want to grow the tiniest tomato on the face of the earth like this you one. might have won <laughs> i don't know if anybody else can beat it <laughs> Oops, gonna roll right off People a lot of times ask about, you know, what about disease and early blights and things yep. like that? I will give you one piece of guidance, especially with heirlooms that we raise. It's going to come. Yep. It will come. You'll start to see yellow discoloration on the leaves. Okay. And when that happens, please call and we'll get you some tomatoes that you can eat. Okay. Um, you'll still be able to produce fruit, um, but blight is something that's really difficult. And at the home gardener level, you're really not going to want to go through that much trouble to go fight it. There's really nothing that is that economical or um, preventable. Right. It's kind of more of a reactionary, uh, situation. Okay. So okay. that makes it okay. Yeah. So that's a good reason to not just have one plant, but to have a few in case, right? Maybe like if you're me, I need to put you on a commercial. Okay. <laughs> yes. Maybe buy more than one from Jenny. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And then also to have a little bit of a variety too. Right. It's nice to have some different t uh, tastes. I mean, tomatoes can, you can do everything from them. I mean, the tomato that you're going to cook with and make that, you know, yeah. as the Italians, some Italians call it gravy and yep. you're going to have the soups and sauces. Those are not going to be the tomatoes that you want to eat for fresh eating on caprese salads right. or, or some nice bruschetta. Right. Okay. So these are going to grow. Obviously the, the fruit is going to come and, um, I know when to pick them because they turn red. <laughs> this is basic knowledge. That's right. Yes. Um, but Aaron, Yes. She's our caller. She, uh -huh. She's not here, but she, she had a question. She called So in. she felt that their tomatoes split a lot of the time. Mm. Like, like they're not quite ready to pick, and then all of a sudden, boom, they've split. Mm -hmm. So she was like, what, what do I, what like, do? yeah, what, what's going on here? If she could mount an umbrella on top of the plant to prevent rain, <laughs> and then she measures out accurate amounts of rain, she could prevent that. In fact, if we could get her a farm her umbrella and she tries that this year, okay. it wouldn't be that bad Seems of Seems like idea. a summer well spent. Never tried it, but there's always a good reason for a trial, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so cracking, yes. Certain varieties or cultivars are more susceptible to cracking because the skins are thinner. Okay. Kind of similar to our body organs, right? We can have thicker skins or thinner skins, not just metaphorically speaking, but literally. Yep, yep. Um, so tomatoes are the same way. So some tomatoes, um, I grow one called Mortgage Lifter. It's a really mm -hmm. popular heirloom. Okay. Um, they have really thin skins and people that don't prefer that skin yeah. really like that element about the tomato. Yep. What comes along with a thinner skin? They crack. Yeah, more yep. susceptible to cracking. Okay. But one thing that you can do is to be able to regulate the water. So what happens with is the water content. So when the plant gets a lot of moisture and then it dries out and then a lot more moisture, especially when it's going to set fruit, 
then you get into the point where it's setting fruit. And then if you get a lot of moisture, then it's kind of growing. And if you think about our bodies with stretch marks, uh-huh. I mean, I grew a lot in junior high and right. early high school. It happens fast. It happens really fast. Yes. Yep. But please don't rub vitamin E oil on your plants. <laughs> okay. That won't stop it from cracking. Yeah. So okay. more consistent watering is the answer to trying to prevent Consistent watering. Okay. Mm -hmm. And can you think of off the top of your head or is it something she could Google about thicker skinned varieties? Like is is there, I mean, if she's going for a bigger tomato, I don't know. I think she needs to stop complaining. (laughs) Bless her heart. (laughs) Erin? I think you could actually. In the world of heirlooms, more certainly because they have a little bit more about their growth and habitat. Okay. Hybrids are actually more bred to be, uh, hybrids are bred for specific uh, things. Disease resistance. Yeah. uh, Growth size, uh, days to maturity, all of these elements, which really makes it uh, convenient to get a uh, mass amount of food somewhere in a certain time, yeah. right? But we're not concerned about that here. So I think Erin should call Jenny Smith and consult about what tomatoes we could research. Sounds like a good idea. Have some nice thicker skin. Yep, I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait for these to grow. I'm not gonna eat a lot of them, but I'm gonna eat a few of them. Never say never. In fact, I have a shirt from Farmher that says that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> because I probably did tell you at one point that I would never eat a tomato, but I did, like I, I actually bought some last summer. Yes. Like I bought tomatoes and ate them, so. Kaizen, small incremental steps. Yes. Kaizen, baby. Yep. yep. Okay, Jenny, thank you. If people wanna, if people want to find Jenny's yep. tomatoes, Jenny, yep. in general, where do they go? They should go to Facebook and look up Butcher Crick Farms. Where yes. I'm from, it's a crick, not a creek. Yep. But so they can find me there. And there's contact information. And we actually do still have some heirloom tomato transplants available. So if they want to get on really quick, we'll have them probably through the end of May. Okay. Good deal. Awesome. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for hanging with us here in Shining Bright. <laughs>